Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm not your usual host, Kelly. Uh, I'm Alex, and this week I'm joined by Stephen Ross. Uh, these are resident TV critics who will make sure you get the maximum enjoyment from your telly time. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching, as well as looking more closely at new programmes or something making the headlines. Uh, this week I'm going to be talking about Rain Dogs, which is a new sort of comedy drama on BBC One, and Stephen is going to be taking us back to the future, telling us about a programme you may have missed before when it first aired or streamed. This week we are talking about Dairy Girls, which is very topical for a number of reasons. But first of all, we like well, to talk about... Well, reason, really. Yeah, just the one reason. But you, spoilers, you can tell us all about that in a minute. Uh, but first of all, we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. So Stephen, why don't you go first this week? What have you been watching? We'll do, Alex. That was, that was great. You handled that manfully. It's like Kelly was in the room with us. Yeah. Happy Valley is great. I've got a season and a half in, and yeah, I, I loved the first series. The Is it... Wrong. The guy who plays Alan Dale in the Robin, Robin Hood, yeah, uh, Joe Armstrong. Is. Joe Armstrong. He was great. Um, the guy from Inside Number Nine. Um, yeah, I think Steve Pemberton. That's the one. He, that's he the was one. fantastic. Little weaselly worm, um, and obviously Tommy Lee Rice was. I mean, he's great in it as well. Um, yeah. I thought the first series was quite interesting in that there's something you think will happen at the end of episode five happens in episode four. And then you have like episode five and six where normally you would only really have one episode. And I was like, that's quite good because this was getting too much for me. It's just too yeah. stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like Kelly, Kelly missing out. This is her favourite. And now you've watched it when she's not here. I'll be watching it. I, I, I love the show now, so I'll be watching it again next week so we can chat with Kelly about it. I mean, it's quite a Kelly week, really, because Derry yeah, is. Yeah. Maybe that's well, why she's not here. The other thing I was watching was the new Guy Ritchie film, which got a little bit early. Which, oh, very uh, exciting. The guy at Amazon. And, yeah, the film is called... Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, um, and it's a Guy Ritchie film, so obviously it stars Jason Statham, but it's also got Aubrey Plaza, Hugh Grant, Bugsy Malone, interestingly, and Eddie Marsden. Um, Hugh Grant is basically the exact same type of character as he played in The Gentleman, the previous Guy Ritchie film, like the same weird voice that he puts on for it, um, but he's quite funny, like... It was a little bit all over the place, but it had all of the sort of good Guy Ritchie-ness to it as well. So it was like a good, fun, mindless action flick with a convoluted plot that sort of goes off the rails and is a bit, you know, doesn't doesn't really go anywhere meaningful, but it was a very fun ride and it was, you know, not too long and it was quite tight. Um, and Aubrey Plaza was great in it. Jason Statham, I mean... Didn't I, I think he probably phoned in a little bit, but it, he's sort of going a bit like The Rock now, isn't he? Yeah. In that he's 
doing a lot of Jason Statham movies. But Hugh Grant again, very funny in it. It was a uh, where does it well worth watch? Where does it rank? Sorry. Where does it rank for you compared to the other Guy Ritchie films? I don't. I, don't, I mean, Snatch was, I think, the high water mark. Like I, Snatch is fantastic in my opinion. Um, the Gentleman, I loved the, when I saw it in cinemas, and then I rewatched it, and I, I didn't think it really held up. This is probably like sort of the level of when I rewatched The Gentleman. Like, strong. I don't want to turn it off, but there's there's not, it's very surface level, there's not much to it. It's just sort of now like a mindless action comedy, but a good mindless action comedy. So I'd say it's, it's not his best film, but it's not his worst. Um, it's a strong entry into his portfolio. Solid way to spend an evening. That sounds very good. Yeah. Um, so, Alex, what have you been watching this week? Well, not Kelly. Um, I have I have mostly been watching Party Down, uh, which I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think. I finally sort of conceded and took out the Lionsgate Plus free trial, um, which I'm going to need to pay close attention to so I don't just accidentally pay for it for a couple of months um but yeah party down i'm enjoying party down a lot it is a workplace sitcom about sort of out of work actors uh and they're kind of taking catering jobs between sort of between acting jobs and it's good it's it's quite fun it's got sort of a bitter edge to it because obviously they all hate that job and they don't want to be in that job uh, or they've given up on their acting dreams and they're trying to tell themselves that this catering job's okay. Um, but yeah, it's good, good fun. I think you'd like it a lot because sure. it's, um, it's, I know the, the comparison point is that it's sort of much more akin to the UK office than the US right, office, right. like of that wave of comedies that were sort of sure. mimicking it. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was on in 2010 and it was okay. well, and it was sort of cancelled fairly quickly because the cast started taking other jobs. Uh, Jane Lynch left before the first series had even finished to go and do Glee. Uh, and then right. Adam Scott had Parks and Recreation on the horizon. Uh, of course, yeah. But they made a new series of it recently. Uh, so after like a decade of people kind of campaigning, they were like, okay, yeah, let's let's bring it back. Uh, which is why why I watched it, but yeah, I'm enjoying that a lot and would very any, much recommend. Any of the original cast in the new series? Yeah, yeah, it's it's predominantly the original cast. Um, okay. There's a couple of them who couldn't make it back, and a couple of new people. But it, yeah, as far as I know, it's pretty pretty similar. But yeah, so I will feedback on that next week. Uh, cool. Shall we guess what Kelly's been watching? Yes, I imagine she's been persevering with blue lights. Yeah, what, what really do we think that she's thinking? It. Okay, she's really enjoying it. Uh, she, yeah, she's thinking that the if she's seen the fifth episode, she thought, oh my God, I really didn't expect. Well, I was really hoping that wouldn't happen, but sort of knew it would and was resigned to the fact. But nonetheless, it was a real gut punch. I think that's what she would would think. Okay. That, that sounded like her. That was like she was in the room with us. <laughs> 
Do you think and she's probably rewatching the Mass Singer as well? Of course, of course. Do I do I need to get on Blue Lights? Is that should that be top of my list? Well, it's really good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can't argue with I, that. I think I think it's about as good as the first season of Happy Valley. Okay, that's pretty strong. But very different. Much more of an ensemble cast, I think. Sounds good. Uh, what else? I think I think Kelly will be watching Rise and Fall, um, which mm, is perhaps. coming to an end this week. What will she think of the exciting finale? Perhaps we'll find out soon. Uh, and, of course, Succession, which was very good this week. Again, uh, so that's nice for all the all the Succession fans out there. Uh, Succession's holding up, is it? It is holding up very well. Um, it's good. I think if it, if it holds this well, it'll probably get a very sort of, you know, that, that pantheon of best final series kind of thing. Um, Emmys. Oh, yeah, definitely Emmys, I think. Uh, Jeremy Strong's probably he's the sort of the main guy, the main kid. Yeah, he'll he'll be on a lock, I think. Um, I hope Sarah Snook wins because I think she's been doing some great work, and I think Matthew McVadgen's got a chance. But they'll they'll be up against the last series of Saul, won't they? Um, really? Yeah, yeah, because they they split that for Emmy eligibility. Oh right! So, yeah, okay. it's the very last couple of episodes, but then, but then Saul doesn't maybe do so well, does it? At the Emmys, they tend to overlook no, him. Well for some reason, yeah. No, that is that is a shame for Saul, but good news for Jeremy Strong, I guess. Yep. Okay. So, shall I tell you what I've been what I've been watching this week? That is that is not Partydale, our special feature this week. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> so I've been watching Rain Dogs, which is a new sort of dramedy on BBC One and and iPlayer, and it stars Daisy May Cooper as a sort of struggling single mother. She's sort of on the on the poverty line, poverty bubble. Uh, the series starts with her being sort of evicted from her home by by bailiffs. Uh, and it is from the author Cash Carraway, who's written about that sort of thing before. She's got a book called Skin to State, and it is sort of very loosely semi-autobiographical in some ways. Uh, and I was watching it because it's already been on in the US. It's a HBO co-production, and it got mm. some some pretty solid reviews and a lot of sort of mixed, but in an interesting way, reviews like... So I thought this would be a good one to check out. And I've seen the first two episodes so far. And it is, it is solid. It's interesting. Um, I think my main thing is I'm not sure how well it balances the drama and the comedy. Because um, it will it'll do the sort of the real stuff, as it were, quite well. Like, So she's she's a sex worker and she wants to be a kind of a writer. Um, and she sort of strikes up this deal with this journalist to publish something of hers. Uh, the journalist inevitably, as they do, misrepresents her and sort of exploits and takes advantage. Um, and she's obviously quite upset about that. And I think that works quite well. That's a good scene, well-written, well-played. But at the same time, you've got like sort of people doing comedy Russian accents and... Mm. 
a lot of the a lot of the comedy comes from stuff that's quite heightened, quite exaggerated. I think tonally it's a little bit it's it's walking a tightrope and I don't know that it does it as precisely or as confidently as I'd maybe like it to. Yeah. But yeah, it's um it's alright, it's interesting. It's worth checking out, I think, if sort of if you want to see Daisy May Cooper in something that's not that's not this country or like a panel show. Uh, or if you enjoyed Am I Being Unreasonable, which was another traumatic show of hers from, I think, October or so last year. It's good. It's interesting seeing her going into the sort of the dramatic stuff, and I guess kind of reinventing mm-hmm. that way. Um, I don't know. I mean, you quite liked this country, didn't you? I loved, I thought she was great in this yeah. country. And then I watched the, the Tim Key series, The, the, the Witchfinder. And I mean, she was fine in it. It's just the, the show itself was a bit naff. Yeah. Um, I had opinion. completely forgotten that existed. Yeah. yeah. Um, really leave an impression no. there. Uh, but this country is, is great. It's definitely worth a watch. And it is hard to imagine her doing dramatic roles. Um, because she is so funny, but um, yeah, I think yeah, it might might be one that I like to watch. And what I'm kind of thinking, what I'm wondering, and I don't quite want to commit to it, but I feel like her dramatic work so far on this and on "Am I Being Unreasonable" has been a little closer to this country, not in like a self-imitating, self-repeating way, but almost like her dramatic work is sort of deliberately playing on that to like invert it, subvert it, whatever, Um, which is interesting. I think shows more range or more interesting range, but maybe won't completely sort of get away from this country. Um, I don't know. To be honest, now you've reminded me of The Witch witch Hunter, I'm kind of like, this is, even as this is not great, it's so much more interesting than that, that I'm kind of inclined to to just forgive it mid-sentence and recommend Rain Dogs to everyone. But there we go. That is our exciting feature show for this week. Uh, and now we are going to take uh, a trip back in time, back to the future, a blast from the past. Stephen, tell us what we're we talking about this week that people may have missed. <laughs> so we are going to talk about Derry Girls. Yeah, so the Good Friday Agreement was signed 25 years ago this Friday, and it was generally considered to have brought peace to Northern Ireland after decades of the Troubles and um, uh, conflict, uh, religious conflict between Catholics and Protestants. Um, And Derry Girls is a comedy set in the early 90s before the Good Friday Agreement was signed um, in the sort of waning years of the Troubles. So not the sort of heights of the 60s and 70s, but still very much um, soldiers in the street, bomb scares, um, a time of very um, tense relations between Catholics and Protestants and um, nationalists and and royalists. Um, But um, that's very much a backdrop in this series. Like, it's it's a comedy series where it's about a group of uh, schoolgirls and one schoolboy. They're about 16 years old and they go to this all-girls Catholic school and the boy is from England and was um, accepted at the all-girls school because um, they were worried as a wee English fella he'd get 
um, sort of attacked if he went to a, a boys' school in Northern Ireland. Um, and in the first episode, the this group is are on a bus going to school when the army comes in to check that there's no bomb on the bus, and the English kid is very concerned because it's totally out of his experience and all the Northern Irish uh, schoolgirls sort of take it as part of the course, which is quite an interesting sort of way into that world. Um, and it's got a great cast um, who I don't really know from much else. So you've got Dylan Llewellyn who plays um, uh, James in it, the uh, sort of token boy in the group. He was in um, Big Boys. Um, Nicola Colan, who has been in um, Bridgerton. And you've got Louise Harland and Sasha Monica Jackson as well. It's, it's a great, uh, really strong um, performances from all of them. Who um, um, who do you think is the best of them? Sort of comic performance-wise. Well, I Sasha Monica Jackson, I think, has the most interesting sort of facial expressions exaggerated character yeah. very expressive um nicola colin's sort of in a box of just constantly fretting and being quite irritating which she does very well in it but it can be a bit much after a couple of seasons of it and then dylan Llewellyn, sort of like the straight character in it um but he does that very well Mm. Um, and I'm not sure who it is that plays Sister Michael, but she is fantastic. Yeah, um, Siobhan McSweeney. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Thanks very much. She's very great in it. Um, yeah. Some but yeah. Nicola, Nicola Colon, which I'm realising I've been pronouncing mm. wrong for maybe five years now. Um, but she, she's been the big kind of breakout star. And if I'm being completely honest, that has surprised me. Over over the past few years, yeah, not not that she's not good, but I mean, like you're saying, she does such a specific thing in this. Um, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily have thought, oh yeah, she's the one who's yeah, going to be, yeah. But it it really caught on in the US. Uh, it's done really well, and the, the cast were getting recognised when they went over there, and yeah, it's um, it became much more of a phenomenon when it was coming out than I think anyone really expected. And I sort of, I'd not seen it, so I went back to watch it for the podcast just to see if it was worth the hype. And I don't know if it is. It's it's good, and it is funny, but it's it's not consistently funny. And not, none of the episodes are particularly bad, but there's not that many in the first two seasons, at least, that I thought were, were massively standout. There's some really good jokes, and Grandpa Joe... Um, Ian McKinley, who is in Game of Thrones as well, he was really funny in it. Um, it's just this like this granddad who hates his son-in-law and has no time for anyone really, and is just willfully yeah. stubborn and difficult. He's really funny, but it is sort of like the odd joke is really good. And then you have to sort of wait five minutes for the next yeah. good sort of funny bit in my yeah. opinion. No, I I don't agree, but I don't disagree either. Um, yeah, right. I think it definitely has weaker spots, weaker patches. Um, 
I think I'm trying to remember what I thought of each. I think I thought the series two was slightly weaker compared to either side of it. Um, sure. And probably a lot of its reputation is on the strength of that very first episode, which I think is great. And the sort of Madonna bit at the end of series one, which is yeah, also great. That was very good. Um, but yeah, it was huge, huge on US Netflix. I think it was mm. the week that Nadine Dorries was saying Channel 4 should be more like Netflix was the week that Netflix said one of their most popular programs was Derry Girls, uh, which was very amusing. Um, and you... Unlike Nadine Yeah, of course. Uh, you've not seen Series 3, so I won't tell you, but I feel I feel the need to say just for, for, for as a matter of record, um, the finale, the... Good Friday episode, generally very good, ends on the strangest note I've seen from any of these sitcoms. It oh. is, you'll see, you'll see in a few weeks, but it is terrible. Um, oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's, it's very good right up until the very last minute. Um, Does it tar the rest of the show? Or? Not, not massively. It's, it's a, it's a post-credit scene, um, so it's oh, easy right. to ignore. But it is it is stupid, and and I question what they were thinking there. Um, but okay. there we go. We can we can check in on that in a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah. that'll be. That'll be do you want to see if you can guess what it is, and then we'll laugh about how far off you are? Well, I, it says a lot about my personality if I guess, but I. When you were thinking that, a couple of things popped into my head, and the, the strongest idea I had was a sort of epic movie ending where um, they're riding off into the yeah. sunset and then they can't explode. Well, we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks' time. Neither that or Bill Clinton gets assassinated. But we'll, <laughs> yeah, we, we'll find that out. That is closer than you would think. All right. Oh, is it Tony Blair? It's closer than you'd think. Uh, and that, that is yeah. all I'll share. Okay. So, thank you very much for joining us this week, uh, this very special episode. Um, weaker than usual, perhaps, some might say. But, yeah, do look out for our Friday morning Screen Babble weekend watch, uh, in which Stephen will preview all the best TV to watch over the weekend and beyond. Any teasers you want to share? No, no, I think I'll we'll have enough. to listen to this. That's good. Keep them wanting more. Uh, if you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get in our lives, please do drop us a line via our social media. You can find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as just National World, no space. Uh, you can also sign up for our wonderful, if I do say so myself, weekly TV newsletter by going to nationalworld.com forward slash newsletter singular singular there uh we would love for you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many tv lovers as possible and we will be back next week with more screen bubble and hopefully with kelly as well bye everyone <laughs>